0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: I'm Rob Black talking all things money, financial, and more. Joining me from the International Business Times, they've got a new series running on millennial money. Obviously, people who have purchasing power and actually do it, they're not sitting on it and save it. Let's go to Cole Stangler, staff writer for the IBT. How are you, Cole? Great. Thanks so much for having me. So what is this new column, new series that you're, you're running and why, do you think?
2: So it's a new series that's looking at kind of just the, the overall challenges uh, for millennials, this generation born in early 1980s up to the coming of age in, in the new century, kind of detailing some of the, the most pressing financial, um, kind of personal financial issues, but also bigger um, kind of structural economic issues facing this generation Um, kind of trying to figure out a way to make ends meet in in an increasingly difficult economy and uh, increasingly precarious uh, employment arrangements.
1: Tell us a little bit about what your opinion of what a millennial is, because I think we all have slightly different opinions, and some of them skew from Lynn and Dunham off girls and her friends. That's what they must be like, and some of them are people that work in the radio station that still live with mom and dad.
2: Yeah, i mean you know so so from just the the um, kind of basic perspective it, it refers to just if you if you look at the the way the polling firms define it, it's just referring to a generation that I think is born after nineteen eighty um, kind of up to think around uh, the, the turn of the the century so that's kind of roughly defined what the what the generation is like and and obviously that refers to a giant group of people that as a variety of different circumstances, not everybody is Lena Dunham. You have people living in, in Brooklyn and San Francisco. You also have people living in the middle of the country. So it, it's, it's a really broad term. At the same time, there are some kind of common, some commonalities in the, in the, in the overall economic picture that everyone is trying to kind of grapple with. And, and a lot of them have to have similar issues. Among the, the kind of most prominent is this question of student debt, where people are, are graduating today upwards of having an average actually of $30,000 of debt when you graduate from college today so that's kind of one big reality and the other is trying to um, to kind of figure out a way to, to, to make ends meet in this economy that's increasingly unstable where people are working not for one for one job their whole life and this is sort of the traditional model um, that's been eroded in the last couple decades and this is a generation that's coming of age trying to um, kind of you could you know, argue that the first generation coming of age in this in this kind of new uh, economy where where that old model is, is um, has been
1: eroded. So you've recently penned an article on basically that same exact idea of freelancers, of right. you know not be, working for the man for your whole life. Uh, what did you find when writing your article? So there's a lot of
2: there's a lot of appeal to this idea. Uh, I'm sure you you'd see that out in Silicon Valley with um, the, the rise of these these ride sharing companies, Uber and Lyft, and, and Lyft has these these ads that proclaim you can be your own boss, and that's sort of the, the ethos behind a lot of these companies. Um, and people um, are trying to, to make a living working in the so-called gig economy, working as freelancers for, for whether it's these, these app companies, Uber, or Lyft, uh, Postmates, or for you know, a number of other entities. Um, and it has a, a kind of nice ring to it, this idea of not working for the man, as you put it, working independently. The fact is it's actually a lot more difficult than it sounds. Um, And so the story I did was essentially just trying to provide some some basic guidance and just some tips for people that who are, for lack of a better word, taking taking the plunge and deciding to to do this.
1: So working as the the sharing economy, um, you have to get you have to do your own taxes, you have to do your you have to pay Social Security. It's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know that they're getting into. You have to have health care, or you don't have to have health care, but you're sending yourself up a financial ruin if not. Uh, Any of these uh, keys hit hit you well?
2: Yeah. I mean, so so the health care thing is pretty simple. If you're under 26, um, you can be on on one of your parents' health care plans, and that applies even if you're financially independent or married. So that's a good option. Um, If you're older, you have to go out on the the marketplace and, and buy it on your own. Um, you want to try to find a plan. If you're, if you're a healthy person, find a plan with a uh, high-deductible plan with low premiums. It's called a bronze plan today. Um, so and another good resource I, I recommend, it's on the, on the article as well, but the Freelancers Union, which isn't a union in the traditional sense, um, but it's, it's an organization that kind of provides information and resources to freelancers, has a good list on their website of, of specific health care plans. Um, you know, so, so in addition to health care, as you mentioned, taxes, that's another Another huge issue. Um, a lot of people don't realize it. Now, I actually was freelancing before, and I <laughs> learned this the hard way. But you're actually supposed to pay your taxes four times a year if you're a freelancer. Usually, your employer is doing that for you. But if you don't have an employer, then you have to be doing it on your own. And so there are four deadlines that the IRS sets that you are supposed to meet. Um, and it's really important to do this, because otherwise you're going to be hit with extra charges. You'll, you'll owe the interest. The taxes you didn't pay so it really makes sense to to stay on top of these deadlines
1: anything else that we need to know uh from your reporting we're speaking with cole stangler from the international business times you can find him at dot he just recently penned an article how to make it in the gig economy which is intimidating me because i'm a i'm an exer i'm not a, a millennial so the whole idea of uh gig economy is I'm, I'm with it i'm with it but i'm glad i'm not in it
2: yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll say one other big thing, which sure. is, I mean, you want to make sure that you're not being misclassified. And that's to say you're not being called an independent contractor when you actually should be classified as an employee. This is a really contentious topic right now. But if you have the option, it's actually better to be an employee than an independent contractor in, in, in most cases. So you want, to, you want to do that because your employer, um, the dentist has to pay for your Social Security, you get minimum wage and overtime protections. Um, you're protected by anti-discrimination laws. So it's really in your interest to be an employee if you can. So that's the last piece of advice I would say: is make sure your employer is not is not um, you know cheating the law and calling you an independent contractor when you really aren't. And that basically comes down to how much control your employer has over work. Is your employer telling you you have to work a certain number of hours a week? Is your employer telling you you have to do certain things to to keep the contract. Um very specific things you have to do. Um so it's 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 a topic right now that's being litigated, um, but it's really important to keep in mind that you're not getting ripped off.
1: Thanks for joining us. It's Cole Stangler with IB Times talking kind of what the millennials are going through right now figuring out how their work looks, how they pay their taxes, how they take care of health care. If you are going to be an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, or you're going to be an independent contractor, which contracting is big and contracting is big because corporations don't want to pay for your health care. They want you to pay for your health care. Contracting is big because they don't want to pay for your, you know, some of your taxes. They want you to pay your taxes. Um, corporations are looking to save money and the fewer people they have on their payrolls. Uh, Wall Street likes that kind of lean, lean efficiency. So it's Cole Stangler. You can find him at how to make it in the gig economy at IBTimes.com. Times is a great website. Um, you know, content's not dead in any way, shape, or form. It's out there, and there's still some great companies putting it together. I compare the IB Times, International Business Times, to the Wall Street Journal. It's it's pretty well done. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And, you know, we're going to talk millennials on a pretty regular basis on this show, and I'm not trying to classify a group and saying, hey, they're Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is making fun of the millennials on Saturday Live this week in their love affair with their phones. and It's pretty crazy now where you can walk through the city and you'll walk by 15 people and 14 of them will be on their phones. Uh, we've become that kind of, you know, we have to check information. What did we do before we had these things? Did we actually talk to each other instead of electronically communicate? So Miley Cyrus's We Can't Stop, I think, is a millennial anthem that if you look at the words... It's pretty impressive. Um, I think it's... She didn't write the song, but I think it's actually a pretty impressive millennial uh, anthem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I like dividends. Dividends are a way that a company shares their profits with you. When you buy 100 shares of Apple, you own Apple. You're like Tim Cook. You're like Steve Jobs. You can't go in a store and fire people you can't get free product, but you still own part of the company. And when you own part of a company, sometimes you want to own it for growth. And the, sometimes growth companies don't give you dividends. Sometimes you want to own it for the value that, hey, they're making money and they're sharing their cash with you. Dividends. Dividends are a key piece that keep rising. Dividend payments made by companies in the Standard & Poor's 500 hit record highs for the sixth straight quarter during the third quarter. Investors in U.S. domestic stocks got $10 billion more in dividend payments during the third quarter. And over time, the dividends account for more than a third of the return on Wall Street. Um, dividends are rising. They're hitting records. The pace of they're increasing, though, is starting to slow. Net dividend increases in the third quarter were down 19% from the same year ago. Total number of U.S. companies boosting dividends in the third quarter of 2015 was 497. That's down 12%. Number of companies that cut their dividends in the third quarter was up 62% to 105. Dividends are still rising, but at a moderate pace. And again, I like dividends. I like cash buybacks. Um, I probably like dividends more than I like cash buybacks. Buybacks could be a little bit of financial engineering, especially if a company gives a million shares to employees and then buys back a million shares. Sometimes they're buying high and that's problematic. Sometimes they're Ryan Lowe, and it's like, woo, But they're no better at it than you are. Uh, I like dividends. Some guys like blondes. I like dividends. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.